So now I am giving you a new commandment. And here it is. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Why don't we pray this morning? Father, I thank you for allowing us to come together and worship you today. Thank you that we have a building, we have uh, facilities, we have all these people that have come here to celebrate you and what you're doing in our lives. Though these are difficult times, God, you are still our God, and you will help us to rebuild this city. Father, we pray for those that are uh, facing the hurricane right now in Florida and South Carolina and, and uh, in Georgia. And Lord, I pray that you would keep them safe right now. We pray that there would be no fatalities, that damage would be minimal, that it would be less than expected, Lord. And we are praying that the hurricane would dissipate as quickly as you can make it happen, God. Just Speak a word and let that thing calm down right now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. So as I've watched over the last few weeks, you see an interesting number of things happening. First of all, you see people whose lives have been totally devastated. Many of you are in this room and everything you own uh, was pretty much placed out in your front yard to be picked up. You, you may have a truckload of things left to your name at the moment and you don't know where to go and you don't know what to do and you don't know how to move forward. And then on the flip side, you have people that seem to come through unscathed. You didn't take water in your home. You didn't lose your job. You met, never missed a day of work. You, if, if anything, you just got a little bit of a vacation. And you're stuck. I was driving through Houston yesterday, and it, it, it literally, you, everything you and I watched on the news for days, I saw none of it. People were going back to work and school and life as if nothing ever happened. And yet, here we are, and we're dealing with the things you and I are facing every day. It's this dichotomy of things. It's, it's uh, while people are moving at different paces in their life. I also see and, I, and I'll just speak to this for a moment. In the last couple of weeks, on one hand, uh, our church and our leadership team and you have been praised and, and talking about all the great things that you've done and uh, celebrating all the great things that you've done in this community that God has done through this community and, and it's all over Facebook, all of the wonderful things. And in the very next moment, somebody is blasting us on Facebook for something they may or may not even understand. And, and you have this this total mixture where it's great things and then the very next post will be something horrible. And it isn't just about this church. When you watch online, you see the greatest stuff and then you see somebody so frustrated and, and just releasing and venting their anger. And you see these things going on all the time. You see uh, living out in front of us just wonderful and terrible. And my question to God was, how do we walk through this? How do we live through this time when, when things are moving and things are changing and people are all over the map and somebody's working right now and making more money than you've ever made in your life and then other people are, are, are out of work and desperately seeking a job. I just want to say this to you right before I walked up. God mentioned this to me and, and he just told me to tell you if you're looking for a job and you've been needing a job, he said, I want you to get ready. I'm going to give you a better job than you even had before. 
And so I just want to speak that over your life. I want to speak favor. I want to speak connections. I want to speak opportunity into your life. So how do we live, though? How do we respond? I feel like I have been in a state of emergency for weeks now. And I'm exhausted and I'm tired and I know you are too. So how do we function? I want to give you today six things that we should all be doing. Six things that will help you every day. Six things that no matter where you are in your situation, if you'll do these things, I believe that um, God will help you through. I, I didn't come up with these six things. I was trying to decide what I should pray, uh, preach on this morning. Uh, you know, I could go right back into our series on James, and uh, it's been a wonderful series, been a very fitting series uh, for where we are. Uh, but I didn't feel like I was supposed to do that. And then I looked at a few other things, prayed about a few other things, and I just wasn't sure. I didn't have a lot of time to study this week. And I just said, Holy Spirit, you're going to have to help me. And all of a sudden, one morning, early in the morning, I got up and I just heard God speak to me and say, tell the people to do these six things. All right. So we're going to jump across scripture a little bit. Not going to be like one major text that we're working through. So bear with me. But these are the six things that God dropped in my spirit uh, to lead all of us, including myself, to do. That'd be okay. The first one is simply this. Uh, you might have gathered it from our first uh, text to love everyone. Love everyone. Don't love a few, don't love some, but love everyone. I love this verse where Jesus spoke to us. Now I am giving you a new commandment. We like to think that loving is an option. Loving is conditional. No, no, Jesus said, here's the new commandment. Love, love. Well, but Pastor Randon, you don't understand. Mm -mm. Love. Yeah, but Pastor Rand, and you don't get what they're doing and what they're doing here and what's happening. No, no, Jesus said, this is the commandment, love. You see, love is more than the, the flutter you feel uh, or felt on your wedding night. Love is a choice that you make every day. It's a decision that turns into actions and in how you treat the people around you. If love is nothing more than that simple flutter, how many of you know as bad as divorce is in this country, it would be so much worse because there are days when that flutter seems like a dream. It's been gone so long you can barely remember what it felt like. And then there are other days when it's strong and it's there and you just feel like you're so in love with your spouse or your loved ones. You just, you just want to hug them all the time. You just want to tell them how great they are. If you're talking about your kids, there are those moments when you just think they hung the moon. And then there are other times when you want to kick them to the moon. And um, <laughs> Can I get an amen this morning? Yeah, that's what I thought. The point is this, it's more than an emotion, it is a decision that we make. And that's why Jesus can command it of us. He couldn't command it if it was just to command a feeling. It's difficult to force yourself to feel a certain way. But he can command you to set your mind and set your heart and set your actions in such a way that you really love people. Love everybody. Don't worry about what they look like, how they're dressed how they treat you, just love everyone. John goes on and he writes in 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 and 8, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another. Now remember, when Jesus said it, they were headed into perilous times. When John is writing this, John is writing it having come through some of the most difficult times in Christian history. 
And he is encouraging them. In the middle of a hurricane, in the middle of disaster, continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Now, let's, let's break this down a minute. Back it up to, uh, to verse 7. I want you to note these words when he says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another. This is actually uh, translated from two Greek words. Uh, and if you'll put those two words up on the screen for me, I'm going I'm to do my best, best not to say them. But it's uh, the, the two words in, uh, that are italicized. That's the Greek. And here's what it actually translates as. Those who are loved, let us love. If you'll note, you've heard that God, the God kind of love is agape love. How many of you have ever heard of agape love, right? This is one of the most famous Greek words that, we, that many of us have heard about. And if you'll note, it is the root word for both of these group Greek words here. Agape and then agapo, right? So he's saying those who are agape loved, then I want you to agapo, meaning love others the same way you have been loved. So what is he referring to here? He is referring to the love of God. If you have received the love of God, then in the same way you received the love of God, you must give the love of God. The love of God, um, it's not something that we earned. It's not something that you can be good enough to receive it. God just love you, loves you. Before we loved him, he loved us. Before we were looking to him, he was already in love with us. Before you were ever born, he was already in love with you. Agape is a self-giving love, a love that gives without demanding or even expecting repayment. So God didn't love you and then demand that you love him back. He just said, I love you in hopes that you would return it. But even if you never return God's love, nothing can separate you from the love of God. So here's, here's what John is saying. For those who recognize that God has loved you long before you deserved it, and in spite of all your issues and your difficulties and your problems and your mistakes and your bad habits and your bad language and all of that, he said, when you realize God's loved you that way, then you go love others that way. Because when this love gets in you, when you experience it, it shifts something in you and changes something in you. If you've ever seen someone who came in angry and upset, but God really got a hold of their heart and turned their life around and filled them with his Holy Spirit, and all of a sudden, maybe you've seen this, and all of a sudden they just love everybody. The, the big biker guy with the tattoos that was fighting yesterday, but today he's hugging and loving on everybody. Why? Because God got in his heart and he recognized how much God loves me, and it makes you want to go love other people. Put verse uh, 8 up there for me again, if you will. Um, but anyone who does not love does not know God. The word know there is it, it means to experience. If you don't love God, it means you must, if you don't love others, it means you must not have experienced God lately. You may have once experienced God and were loving people, but somehow you got disconnected, the world started beating you up, 
whatever happened, happened, but you haven't been experiencing God. Because when you really experience God, the natural result is you go out and love other people. Why? Because when God gets in you, God is love, and therefore love comes out of you. So I want to challenge you. No matter what comes, no matter what the situation is, love everyone. Love everyone. Love them. Well, Pastor Ryan, I don't even know them. Doesn't matter. They might need the, the love of God more than ever before. God may have dropped them into your path, and you've been saying, uh, Lord, use me. And he puts someone right in front of you, and he's saying, I'm trying. I gave you an opportunity. But no, you yelled at the waitress a- a- instead of loving her because your food was wrong, and it came out late, and you had to eat on a paper plate. And God's saying, but you don't know what she's been going through and there's no one else in her life and I love her and I sent you to her table not to act like the other tables, but I sent you there to show her the love of God. Love everyone, every day, all day. We're all going through difficult times. We're stressed out. We're worried. We're full of fear. We don't know what's going to happen next. We don't know how we're going to put our house together. We don't know how we're going to pay the bills. We don't know how we're going to rebuild. Love everyone. Loving leads to the second thing. And uh, we, we can read this in 1 Peter chapter uh, 4, verse 8. Are you okay this morning? Most of all, most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. So when we decide we're going to love everyone, that leads us to the second thing, and that is this. Give grace freely. Give grace freely. Don't hold on to it. Give it away. Just give grace to everyone. I love you, and and my love for you is covering your sin right now. And I, and, I, and I love here that he didn't narrow it down to one sin. He said, it's just a multitude of sins. It's just a multitude of mess-ups. It's a multitude of problems. Give grace freely. But Pastor Randy, you don't know what they did to me. <clears throat> Give grace freely. Give it freely. I, I think we should always do this, but I think right now we're under hurricane rules. <laughs> hurricane rules apply to things like eating. During the hurricane, I'm convinced that uh, whatever diet you were on is out the window. You eat what you can eat, when you can eat it, and as much as you can eat it because you don't know what's coming next. We all, how many of you need a little extra sugar to get past the last two weeks? I did. I've got a story about some, some sugar that I'm going to tell, but I'm waiting on the right sermon to tell it in, so I'm not going to give it to you. But Man, I've got a story to tell you about sugar in my life and how God provided for me, and I just want to shout hallelujah this morning. <laughs> but it's hurricane rules. I just want to say, and I don't even know that uh, this is not like from God. I just want to decree and declare a thing that all the hurricane calories went to some skinny people out west. Just send them out. I don't even, they're, just send them out that way, Lord. Just, just, just you know, God is, is seeing you through. He's going he's gonna to do for things for you you couldn't have done on your own. You're going to come through slim and happy, and, and uh, it's going to be all good. How many of you received that word this morning? Yes. 
But, it, but it's hurricane rules, right? Now, I mean, we all know that at some point you got to get back in the gym. You, can't eat, you cannot keep eating donuts three times a day and calling it a well-balanced meal. No, we, you know, we, we've got to get back to eating healthy. But we're under hurricane rules. Well, I, I think that we ought to apply this when it comes to grace. Everybody's stressed out. Everybody is, is worried. Everybody's dealing with fear. Everybody is, is if, it, if it didn't affect you, I don't think any of us are in a place where we don't know someone close to us that lost so much. You know what? We should give grace freely. Here's what Jesus said on the subject. Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. Matthew chapter 7, verse 1, do not judge others and you will not be judged. For you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. Don't judge others. Instead, give them grace. Why? Because you're going to be treated the same way. He's specifically referring to something here. Um, the rabbis of his day were teaching that there were two scales or two standards or two measures by which a, a person could judge. And he said this on the first side, and this is what the rabbis were teaching, you could judge on the scale of grace and mercy, where everything you did was through the lens of grace and mercy. Grace is giving what someone doesn't deserve, and mercy is not giving them what they do deserve, right? And, and so you could look through the lens of grace and mercy, and you could treat people that way. On the other side, you could judge them with the scale or the measure or the standard of justice, meaning this is what is right, this is what the law says, therefore I'm holding you to it. So here's what Jesus says. He's pointing to those two scales. Know that they had been, this was common knowledge in their day. They had heard the rabbis teaching it. They all knew what Jesus was talking about. When he starts talking about a measure right here, they know he's referring to these two scales. You've got grace and mercy on one side, or you've got uh, justice on the other side. You've got the, the, the standard measurement scale on this side, and then you've got that weird metric thing on the other side. You choose how you are going to interact with other people. And here's what Jesus is saying. If you choose the grace and mercy scale, you're going to be treated with the same way. You're, that, that's the same scale that's going to be used on you. But if you treat people with the justice scale, you better get all your business in order because that's what's going to be used on you. I want to encourage you. I understand that bad things are happening and things are not right. But can I encourage you as your pastor to choose the scale of grace and mercy? Don't worry about the justice. Don't worry about let, let God figure that out. Let other people figure that out. But as a body of Christ, we ought to use the standard and the scale and the measure of grace and mercy and love. Give grace freely. So we're going to love everyone and we're going to give grace freely. Third thing we're going to do is this one, and it's going to get a little more challenging. We're going to refuse to be offended. 
Refuse to be offended. Refuse to be upset. Refuse to let it get to you. Refuse to be offended by the people around you or the people in your church or the people in your neighborhood or the people at your job. Refuse to be offended. Because I don't know about you, but I've had a lot of opportunities to be offended in the last two weeks. Every single day, they just keep coming and coming and coming. And yet, I have a decision to make, and so do you. Will you be offended or will you not? I encourage you, refuse to be offended. If you say, Pastor Rannon, in the last two weeks, I have not had an opportunity to be offended. First off, the people around you don't really believe you. And secondly, if you happen to be telling the truth, you just hang on because one is coming. And I'm not trying to, to you know, discourage you or leave you dismayed. I'm just, it's just reality. Uh, Jesus promised that offenses will come. Here's what the book of Proverbs says. Good sense makes one slow to anger. We got any hotheads in the room? <laughs> People are pointing. Don't point. Don't point. If you're watching online, don't point. Good sense makes one slow to anger. And it is, it is his glory to overlook an offense. It's a good thing. It makes you a better person. It makes you the bigger. Take the high road, right? And don't, while you're on the high road, don't point at them and mock them as you drive by. That's not the idea. The idea is just overlook it and let it go. We're, we're loving everyone. We're giving grace freely. And we are refusing to be offended because the opportunity for, for offense is everywhere. Can I get an amen this morning? Amen. Number four. We're going to make a little shift here. Um, we've been talking about how we interact with others, but let me say this to you. I want you to pace yourself. Pace yourself. Pace yourself. Paul wrote to us in the book of Galatians, and he said, um, let us not become weary in doing good. You've been doing some good things. You've been working hard. You've been helping neighbors. You've been volunteering everywhere. We, but we have been, as a city... There, there are other, some people haven't, but for the most part, we have been in a state of emergency, in a state of this frantic crisis pace for weeks now. Emotions are heightened, stress levels are heightened, we're working hard, we're going night and day. It will wear you out. And here's the problem. For many people in this room and many people around our city, the rebuilding process is only beginning. I talked to one of my good friends, and he may be watching online uh, today, but just yesterday they were finally able to get into his parents' home for the first time. It's a process here. And you can't live every day as if we're still in the middle of the storm rescuing families out of homes. Now, in this room, there are people that are on different places in the scale. Some of you, your house is fine, your kids are back to school, and you're back to work. Others are still cleaning out your house. We're, we're all in a different place on the scale, but I want to encourage you, wherever you are, pace yourself. See, there's, 
the short-term plan, the immediate, the, the immediate plan, the, the emergency plan, and then there's the short-term plan on what do we do next, where are we going to stay, where are we going to live for the next few weeks or months until we get our house rebuilt. And then there's long-term plans. Well, how, if this takes longer than, a, than three or four weeks, what are we going to do? Wherever you are, pace yourself. You can't do it all in one day. You can't get it all done. When you get home this, tonight, you can't just suddenly get in there and I'm going to knock all this stuff out. No, pace yourself. Have you ever, have any of you ever remodeled your home? Any of you ever remodeled your home? Lindsay and I remodeled a couple homes um, while we were living in them. Don't recommend it. Not fun. <laughs> you know what a lot of us are going to be doing right now? living in remodeled homes. So change your thinking, brace yourself, know that God's going to give you extra grace to make it through. But pace yourself. Don't grow weary while you're doing good. You're doing good things. But there is a point at which you can't get it all done. Do what you can and then rest. I want to speak over you. Rest. When you lay down to go to sleep, rest. I want to speak over you that while you sleep, the Holy Spirit himself is going to feed your spirit, feed your soul, feed your body, and rejuvenate you. I want to declare over you that when you wake up in the morning, you feel better than you ever had. Okay? Pace yourself and let God help you. Well, Pastor Renan, that's not very biblical. Yeah, maybe not. But we've got some battles ahead. In case you're not aware, maybe this is your first hurricane, um, FEMA moves extremely slow. Like I, I heard, um, I don't even know where I heard it, but they said there's like, you know, a couple thousand FEMA people on their way to help us. They're trying to get here. I'm like, man, we've been here two weeks. How long does it take to get here? I think I could have driven from like North Canada by this time. I don't know what's taking so long. It's just, it's, it just is. And if you live every day frustrated by that, you're just going to be frustrated. Relax and pace yourself. Your insurance company, they're not trying to write you checks. I, I mean, I know we have wonderful insurance agents here, but I'm, uh, they're going to do everything they can to fight for you, I'm sure. But I'm just telling you, the insurance company doesn't really want to write you a check. I don't care what the, what the guy on the Allstate commercial with a really deep voice that says he's going to be there for you. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Don't buy into that. <laughs> Y'all know the guy I'm talking about? His voice is so soothing and calming. He just feels so good about things. Yeah, that's really good marketing right there settle in. And if you happen to get a FEMA person before everybody else does, don't go flaunt it to the rest of us. We're trying not to be offended and angry at you right now. We're trying to not use, we're trying to use good sense, but, but let, just, you know, encourage us that it could help us on the way for us too. Okay. But if, if we, if we get in such a rush and that frantic thing, listen, you, you better figure out how to make plans to function until FEMA or other organizations or your insurance company or whatever else. Contractors are backed up everywhere. It's going to take time to rebuild. You can't live in a state of emergency every day. Can you receive that this morning? All right. Two more, and I'll uh, be closing this morning. 
First Thessalonians, uh, I'm sorry, I skipped forward, guys. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11. Nope, there we go. So encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. Right here, Paul is writing to the church. And he's saying that the church ought to be the church. And one of the ways that we do that is we encourage each other and we build each other up. So the fifth thing I want to tell you today is this. Lean on your church. Lean on each other. You do not have to walk this road alone. You don't have to battle it out alone. Lean on each other. Don't be afraid to pick up the phone and call. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Maybe someone can get there. Maybe they can't. I don't know. But lean on your church. And if someone calls you and they're a brother or a sister or a church member or connected to a church member, I just want you to love them and pastor them. So I'm not a pastor. Yeah, you are. We are all ambassadors for Christ. We are all doing a work for Christ. I don't know what to say, Pastor Randon. I don't know what to say either. But here's what the Bible taught us. Jesus was sending his people out. And he didn't send them out with anything. And he said, when you get there, you'll be taken care of. And they said, well, we don't know what to say when we get there, Pastor Randon. I mean, uh, uh, Jesus. <laughs> My face red right now. It feels red. Uh, we, we don't know what to say, Jesus, when we get there. And here's what Jesus said to them. In that very hour, the Holy Spirit will tell you what to say. In that very moment, you won't know what to say. That's okay. Let the Holy Spirit speak through you. Sometimes the best thing you can do is not say anything at all, but just let a person talk and put your arm around them. Tell them it's going to be okay. I'm going to be here with you. Sometimes it isn't about the words you say, but it's about the Holy Spirit working through you. You're an ambassador for Christ. So when you're interacting with people and you're helping people, I, want you to, I don't want you just to be muscle. I want you to pastor everywhere you go. Lean on your church. Here's, here's the other thing that the book of Hebrews writes to us. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. We ought to be motivating each other. I think being here today, seeing all of you, as I said a moment ago, I've been reading what you're doing. It is motivating me. It's want to make me do more when I just want to go home and take a nap. I read what you're doing. I'm like, man, i got to get back out there. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. But encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Here's what he says. Make sure you get to church on Sundays. Yeah. Pastor Randy, you don't understand. I'm really working hard and I only have a little limited amount of time and I can't get it all done. No, no, no. He said, we need to get to the house of God. Why? You see, there are other people out there and they're not doing it. And they're trying to make it on their own. But you, the body of Christ, the church, a group of believers, when you come together, we encourage one another. We encourage one another in our difficult times. You know, I, I didn't intend for the last two weeks for us to have both congregations together. But it's been a wonderful thing 
to have our church family come together in this time, extended family coming together at this time, everybody getting together and encouraging one another. I love what I see when I walk through the foyer. You're not just waiting to be encouraged by a pastor or an elder or a prayer partner, but you are encouraging one another. I hear you talking about it, and I love that about you. If you're watching online, I, wanna, I just want to challenge you. Don't uh, neglect our meeting together, but get in the house of God. Let us help encourage you because I know that you're receiving from the word this morning, but there's something that these people want to do for you. There's a way that they want to reach out and hug you and lift you up and hear your story and support you and be a part of what's going on. And so get here. Join us next Sunday. Don't miss with the pace of life going, with the things that are going. It's so easy there's so many things to keep us out of the house of God. Don't neglect our meeting together. Lean on your church. Can I get an amen this morning? All right, last one and I'm closing. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 18. 1 Thessalonians, I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18. Wrong book, wrong letter. Sorry about that. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is not a sermon today on whether we should drink alcohol or whether we should not. I know some of you got where as soon as this verse gets on the screen, people are like, oh, my Lord, Pastor Randy, what are you going to talk about today? <laughs> Do you not know we've been through a hurricane? I mean, seriously. <laughs> if there was ever an occasion that Jesus would have said it's okay, it might be this one. <laughs> this is not a message on drinking, but here's what I do want to point you to. Don't use alcohol or other vices as a means of getting through a difficult time. Don't use a hurricane as an excuse to drown your sorrows in alcohol. Or, and again, it isn't just alcohol. Whatever your vice may be, whatever that thing might be, what, you know, if, if, it's, if it's spending money, if it's drinking alcohol, if it's, do, if it's taking too many prescription medi medications, whatever it might be, uh, um, if, if you have taken to cussing like a sailor because that's how you deal, whatever it is that is controlling you, and you think is helping you get through, here, here's the word here today. Don't lean on those things because they won't help you. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because it's the Holy Spirit that is our helper and our comforter and our guide. It's the Holy Spirit that will empower you and He'll give you supernatural gifts, gifts that you couldn't do on your own. Words of wisdom, knowing what to do in difficult times and difficult situations. I gotta tell you, I don't know many people that have a better idea at the end of a six pack of beer. You don't have a better idea. It may think, you may think, I know a lot of people that think it's a better idea. And that's when you have those stories that end up with, I don't even know what I was thinking. It seemed like a good idea. Anybody had those stories in your life? I know you have. It's okay. Jesus loves you and I love you too. <laughs> and, and, and you got to the end of it and you thought it was a good idea. But when you look at it through a sober mind, you're like, no, that was a terrible idea. I don't even know what was going on. But when the Holy Spirit fills you and he begins to help you and he begins to work through you, he will give you words of wisdom and understanding of what to do. He'll be your helper and he'll be your comforter and he'll be your guide. And you'll be better off on the end of that than you will another way. 
So be filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and in these difficult times, this word becomes even more important. Uh, we translate the Greek there as be filled. But the word be in, in the Greek means to be constantly or continually filled. Because I don't know about you, but where I'm at today, I can't go five minutes without needing more of the Holy Spirit. I'm facing issues, and I'm facing troubles, and I'm facing situations that I need to hold. I feel like I'm asking the Holy Spirit for help, like, all the time. Like, I just keep knocking on the door of the Holy Spirit, because even though He just answered, I'm just knocking again, and I feel like the Holy Spirit just keeps answering, and like, like your kids in the back that keep trying to talk to you, and you've answered their question a million times, you're finally like, what? Just my kids. Okay, so I, I feel like the Holy Spirit might be that way with me, but then I'm encouraged by this word when he says, it's okay, just keep asking. Just keep letting me fill you. Just keep letting me work through you. Just keep being filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage you today. The best way, the best thing you could ever do in the midst of this storm is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He wants to empower you to do more than you could have done on your own, to be more than you could have been on your own, to get through difficult times. He wants to comfort you when you're looking at everything you have and it's out on the front driveway and you don't know what's going to happen next. He wants to comfort you. I encourage you, lift up your eyes to the Lord. And in this instance, it's not so much asking for forgiveness. It's just saying, Lord, I need your help right now. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Just right now, the Holy Spirit has entered the room. Wherever you are, whatever you're going through, I want you to close your eyes with me for just a moment. And just right there in your seat, I want you to open up your hands like you're receiving a gift. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is the gift of God. It was given to us. So Holy Spirit, we receive you right now. We receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Fill your people once again. Fill your people once again. Those in this room and those watching online, wherever we are, whatever the circumstances we're facing are, fill us once again. Holy Spirit. Lord, for those that are in need of comfort, be our comforter. For those who are in need of help, be our helper. For those, God, are trying to make difficult decisions and don't know where to go or what to do, God, I ask of you, be our God. We receive you, Holy Spirit. A fresh filling of your Holy Spirit right now. We receive you. Fullness of eternal promise. Thank you, Jesus. Stirring in your sons and daughters. Earth revealing heaven's wonders. Spirit come. Spirit come. Maybe you want to stand and worship with us for a moment. And what, what you spoke is now unfolding. 
and all your children shall behold it. Dreams awaken in this moment. Spirit, come. Spirit, come. And pour it out. Let your love run over. Here and now. Let your glory fill this house. Pour it Now the world awaits your presence, and this power 